Thanks for listening to the weekly Overflow Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Jesse Cup. For more information, visit overflowindy.com or visit us on Facebook at Overflow Indy. And today, um, my, my message today is called Solutions Focused Warfare. Solutions Focused Warfare, all right? Back when I was in Bible college um, in the mid-90s, I went to a, an awesome Bible college and learned a lot about the Holy Ghost and the gifts of the Spirit. And I had a, a teacher who, he was one of the most amazing theology teachers on the blood covenant and just on the kingdom of God. It was amazing. And he, he took a, a few sessions um, actually to talk to us about um, about the spirit realm, and he talked about um, demons and how demons function and how they get the rights in people's lives by agreements people make or unconfessed sins or whatever. And he actually talked about different times when the Holy Spirit opened his eyes to the spirit realm and he saw demons. And it was like the Lord was showing him um, what was going on so he could know how to address the situation. And as a matter of fact, I'm not going to go into too much of this, but I specifically remember um, one of his stories was about in the spirit seeing a demon that, that looked like a, a woman's body with a snake body connected to it and it's slithering down the hallway. And, and I, I don't, I don't want to go into any more of it, but he had a dialogue with this demon. And uh, I, I don't, uh, for some reason, I found myself fascinated with these things and and I started like really wanting to become what some people call a, a demonologist. Let's just laugh at that. <laughs> a demonologist. I wanted to become a demonologist for Jesus. And I was reading books about things like this. And I, I remember I had this one book that was the whole book was about somebody who started having these encounters in the spirit where he would start coming out of his spirit or out of his body and he would see angels but he'd also see demons and the Lord was like telling him the names of the demons and what their functions were and all this kind of stuff and so the 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 whole book was really about demons and uh and just kind of giving an enlightenment to the realm that your natural eye can't see all right and so I was, I was super fascinated in that. If you wouldn't mind um, being or listening instead of commenting, I would really appreciate that, ma'am. Okay? Thank you very much. Can you, can you listen quietly for a little bit, please? I appreciate that. We bless you, okay? So glad you're here. Thank you. No, thanks. But uh, anyway, I, I just found myself in that, in that season of my life really fascinated with demons in that realm. And, and I was studying about false religions because and, and, uh, I, I wanted to be a man who God would send to tear down strongholds. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I wanted to go tear down strongholds and set people free, set regions free. But, uh, but a couple of weeks ago, I was sharing with you how I was so focused on the demonic realm and I, I got corrected by that at Bethel. My, one of my first months of being at Bethel, somebody gently corrected me, and I shared the story with you. She had a prophetic word for me that she saw me go into places where there were powerful 
demonic strongholds in places and I would go and I would I'd do worship and just start releasing the presence of the Lord and, and strongholds would fall in regions. That's awesome. And I got really excited about it and, and I, I actually responded to her and I said that makes so much sense to me because I, I feel like I'm called to do that. As a matter of fact, I feel like God was calling us to go to Japan and do that. I, I, we, I already had a, a sense of a calling to Japan at that time, but um, when I lived in Hawaii previous to this, I actually learned that someone, some, some spiritual warfare guru <laughs> had actually said that uh, through their studies and their research and prayer, they realized that what he would call the, the throne of Satan was located in Kyoto, Japan. I, I don't know how he got that, but when I learned that, I was like, that's amazing. I want to go to Kyoto, Japan and bring down strongholds. All right. So when I'm at Bethel and this girl's tell me this and I, I start sharing her with that and she's like, oh, yeah, that's not that's that's not the approach that we're actually trying to encourage here at Bethel. And and she was talking about how how when, when people get focused on the devil instead of on the kingdom of God, the, the focus actually is is going to the wrong place. And sometimes people are opening themselves up to a realm where there's, there, things can flow in that you never wanted because you, you lifted your eyes off of Jesus onto what the problem is, all right? And she was even talking about how there are people that they knew who'd, who'd done a lot of spiritual warfare and intercession and stuff who ended up getting curses in their lives. And, and like, bad things started happening. People started having stillborn births and and people got cancer and just different things because they were so focused on that realm but but she was like saying what i really believe the lord's saying is it's not about the demons it's about you going to the places that are oppressed and bringing heaven bringing god's presence into that place he disarms that stuff we bring his presence all right and so that began a journey of shifting perspectives in me. And, and the Lord started t- completely disassembling all the things that I was pursuing. And I, I got rid of a few books that were focused on, on ministering to people in the occult and stuff like that. I just felt led to. I'm not saying that everybody needs to do that, but I felt led to. And you, some of you probably have heard this before, but I've learned that, uh, that when bankers get trained on how to manage their money, how to handle the money, and they've got to know when a counterfeit bill's coming in, they don't train them by trying to teach them all the different counterfeit bills because you could learn all of them, and next week there's about 50 more kinds of counterfeit bills. There's no way to keep up with it. So instead of focusing on, on, a, on the problem that's bigger than you'll ever be able to wrap your head around, focus on the real thing. So they have them actually study the bills, every single bill. They study them like a, for a long time. They've got to feel them, and they've got to inspect every detail, and they've got to know that bill intimately, okay, the real thing, so that they know it so well that when something comes across their hands or their eyes, and it's not the real thing, they will have known the real thing so well that they'll be able to detect something that made it different than the real thing. And it's, a, it's false, right? It's, it looks real, it can deceive and pass, but it's not the real thing. So the, the, salute, the, the moral to that 
is learning and knowing the real. And when the false comes across your path, then you'll understand it and you can deal with it. Okay? And I also want to say, like, like as much as I was focused on demons and everything, like, here, here's, a, here's a fact, okay? I'll bet every single one of us have had some kind of demonic influence in our life at some point in some way or another. Okay? Ooh. Let Lord open our eyes so we can see where all the demons are. What do we do with them all? Well, you could, you could ask for that. <laughs> you could ask for that. I, I recommend you don't, or you're going to probably freak out. How many of you guys know that Jesus knows all of it, and he hasn't batted an eye on it? Okay? Because Jesus is not focused on those problems in your life. He's not even focused on if there's any demons trying to do their thing. That's not his focal point. His focal point is your heart and his redemption and the, the finished work of the cross of Jesus Christ being fully activated in your life because he knows that when you experience the power of Jesus Christ and his, his cross, burial, and resurrection, and it explodes in your life, that he knows that stuff loses all its power in you. <laughs> we bless you. Seriously, bless you. Um, we, amen. Amen. Bless you guys. So, so anyway, the, 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 the Lord, Jesus is not focused on the problems. He's focused on the solution. And the solution is Jesus being fully activated in your life. He will eliminate bondage. Okay? He will eliminate the broken heart that, that, that was the magnetization for those things coming, right? He's not, trying just to, he's not just trying to go around flick demons off. All right? He's trying to heal hearts, and then the demons lose their access points. All right? Isn't that good? And, and Jesus, of all people, had the audacity to say this. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Come on. I'm going to say that again. I want you to engage with this, all right, with your spirit, man. You will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. All right? He didn't say you're going to find out where every demon is and then you can rebuke it and bind it and then you get free. He said you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. All right? Freedom is the byproduct of truth being activated in you. It happens. It, it, it happens automatically. And I, I would dare to say that you are as free as you believe that you're free. You guys alert? Yeah. Amen. On Friday night, I got, a, I got to go to my friend Tony Costa's leader meeting. Um, I told you last week that, that he has a, a guy from Pakistan in town. Um, they, they had a meeting last night, and he's at their church this morning. And, uh, but Friday night, I got to have time with Tony's leader meeting with, da with Danish. And he shared with us about the amazing ministry that he has going on in Pakistan. And they are reaching countless thousands of people 
and they're getting people saved and set free. And, and, and like when people in a Muslim country give their life to Jesus, they know that they're, that they're saying no to Islam. All right? They know that. And they know that if they say yes to Jesus, they may be yielding their lives to persecution, possibly martyrdom. But, the, but, they, but they're loving Jesus so much that he's setting them free from the bondage of their religion. Amen? <clears throat> so, so Danish was sharing with me, or sharing with us, that when they're preaching to their people, we bless you, sister. Bless you, sister. Thank you so much for coming today. Thank you, guys. Bless you, sister. I think she must have misunderstood something I said. Lord, we ask you to bless her in the name of Jesus. <laughs> we bless her, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, I, I ask you to reveal your love to her and your truth to her, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. All right. Thank you, guys. Can you guys actually just pray, point your hands towards her and let's just release a blessing on her right now? We bless her, Lord, in Jesus' name. God, I, I pray that you'll, you'll just give her revelation of you, soundness of mind, Lord. Show her your love. Encounter her, Lord. <laughs> Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. You guys say amen? Amen. amen. All right. All right, so Danish, all right, Pakistan, they're doing a magnificent ministry in Pakistan. But what he was sharing with us is that when they're, when they're preaching the truth of the gospel, that they, uh, they don't actually preach against the other religions, all right? Now, one reason is because if they did, that would put a mark on their head, okay? But they actually have found, this is what he said, we, we do not preach against other religions. He said, God is so big that we don't have time to focus on the bad stuff. All right? God's so big, we don't have time to focus on the bad stuff. So they're actually they're imparting to people the, the goodness of God and, and, the, and the power and the freedom and the truth of Jesus Christ, and Jesus is doing the work of setting them free from the bondage of the false religions. Come on. That's awesome. And I, I, I think of times at Bethel Church where there, there's, there's such a presence of God in the place and everybody's there to get in His presence and to encounter God in His glory. And people, there, there are times when witches would come into the room or, or New Agers or whatever. And often they're, they're actually on an assignment to try to disrupt things. Okay? <laughs> We've never seen that before. 
But, but we, we, they, they were on an assignment to disrupt things and to release things into the environment to create confusion or chaos or spiritual warfare or whatever. But instead of them stopping the service and just trying to attack that thing, like re-attack it, they just keep going after God. Just keep going after God. I want to be a kind of a person that's going to keep going after God no matter what tries to Inner, what tries to distract us from what we're going after. Amen? And, and sometimes the, when in the presence of the Lord, God actually consumes those people, and sometimes it either causes them to leave because they get uncomfortable, or, or sometimes it, it actually, they're drawn because they're realizing there's power on this that's better than the one I'm working with. And it draws them in, and they get saved and set free. Isn't that crazy? It's awesome, right? It's awesome crazy. Okay? And so we don't want to focus on the problems. We want to focus on the solutions. All right? So um, I, I've seen often and have experienced this as well, and I'm sure some of you have too, that, that people who are carrying bondages in their lives, and they come and then they have an encounter with the Lord... And in a moment, in the presence of the Lord and His radical, unconditional love for them, all that stuff shakes off of them. And, and just in a moment, they're, they're in the freedom of the Holy Spirit, and that stuff falls off, and they got set free. Hallelujah. Would you guys dream with me of us being a people who carry His presence so strong that when people come into the environment, things shake. And that the Lord moves and they have to make a decision. I either need to get out of this or I need to come into it and the Lord will encounter me and make me free. Amen? <laughs> I want to give us a reminder that, that you and I in Christ were seated in the heavenly places. We're seated in the heavenly places. Okay? I have to just take a second and give you a, a commercial break. Just how funny it feels that there's like all these empty seats and then there's like more people back there and I'm like, man, do I stink or what? <laughs> I, 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 you can sit wherever you want because you're free and responsible and we empower you, but I like close and family, so do what you want with that. Yeah, thank you, buddy. I love this guy. Thank you. All right, back, commercial break's over. Didn't seem like it, was, it really had any effect except for one guy. I got one bid right here. Good job. All right, we're seated in the heavenly places, and we need to continue to remind ourselves of this reality. In Christ Jesus, your spirit man is in him, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, it says in Ephesians okay, 1 and 2. He's, he's, been, he's been lifted above every principality and power and dominion on this earth. Every demonic hordes of hell that, that try to run culture and, and governments and, and people groups and all this stuff. Like he's been lifted above all that and it's all under his feet. And his body is the church. So it's you guys. And he's the head. So that means that under our feet are the principalities and powers and dominions. Okay? And, we're, and it says that we've been raised with Christ 
And we've been seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Hallelujah! 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 You're seated in heavenly places. Hallelujah! I'm not trying to do rituals right now. I'm trying to engage our faith right now. Okay? And, and so we are not, we're, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We, God put us here for a reason. Okay? He put us here for a reason. We're in a world, but this is not our home, and it's not the spirit that we're driven from. We live from a different kingdom that's superior to everything that's going on in this world. All right? So, so our Christian lives are supposed to be grounded in a superior kingdom. And when we live in this world, we're actually living from heaven to earth. <laughs> are you guys all right? I, I have no idea if the Holy Spirit's going to convict me later for how I handled things a minute ago, but we're doing our best. Amen? Doing our best. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Re- recently, um, recently I, I was preaching to you guys about the, the crazy, powerful revival that happened in Ephesus in the book of Acts. I think it's chapter 19. And how Paul and his team went to Ephesus, and man, the Holy Spirit ripped it up in a good way. And it says that they started performing signs and wonders that, that were unusual, which means they were used to walking in signs and wonders, and he just did it to a whole other level, and he started doing things they've never seen before. And Paul had an anointing in his life that was protruding out of him so powerfully that it was soaking into fabric and they could take the fabric that was drenched in glorious dunamis power anointing and and just the tangibility of a thing that wasn't even the man himself they took it it was so powerful it, it, it radiated off that and people's bodies got healed and and even demonic spirits were delivered out of bodies in the presence of cloth. That's crazy. It's crazy. And, and it says that, the, the, I'm not going to go into the whole story, I already did, but the revival broke out and people started running in droves into repentance of their sins. And, and in that culture, the magic arts was a real dominant thing in that day and they worshiped false gods and they brought their magic books their cult books and they threw them in the middle of the street and it piled up so big that it was like millions and millions and millions of dollars worth of books and they lit it on fire in repentance to the lord and god blew the place out with revival it's crazy and it said the word just continued to spread in that region whoa and demons, you know, being delivered. And, and, but, but what you don't see in that story is Paul going to this place where all the false gods and magic arts are and lifting his eyes to the sky and saying, I rebuke every demon spirit that's oppressing this place. I'm not saying that he didn't, but I don't think he did or probably would have said it. Because that would have seemed to be an instrumental piece of information in the story, right? 
But, but what it does say is that he brought the kingdom of God and he preached the kingdom everywhere he went. Okay? And so Paul's uh, his mission was to bring the kingdom of God everywhere he went. And so he, he's bringing it, and God's moving, and great things are happening. And in, as a byproduct, principalities are crumbling. And revival's breaking out. Hallelujah. God's good. <laughs> and we need to be a people like Paul in that, in that way, that, that, we're, that we're living our lives on a mission to bring the kingdom of God everywhere we go. And we need to be solutions focused instead of problems focused I don't, I don't want to just go around and find out what's wrong so we can just pray against the problem all the time God, God actually he, he paid the price Jesus did on the cross and he finished everything he said and he supplied all the riches of heaven to us according to his riches and glory he provides these things for us okay and and Jesus taught us how to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your kingdom come and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so Jesus actually gave us the authority and the permission and the power to, to see in the world around us what's not matching up to heaven. It doesn't mean we don't, we don't recognize the problems. But we just don't, we don't stay there. I want to recognize the problem, and then I want to quickly find out what God's solution is. And I want to believe that Jesus has already created the solution. It already exists. It already exists. And He's waiting for us to know that we're kingdom carriers. He's waiting for us to know that, that as we tread this earth, we're doing it in the authority of the kingdom of heaven under our King Jesus. Amen? And, that, and that as we're seated in heavenly places and we're walking this earth, we're actually releasing into the earth the atmosphere and the provisions of heaven where it's lacking on this earth. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, and I, I think that we need to carry the attitude of Nehemiah when God put a mission in his heart to restore the walls around Jerusalem, to rebuild the walls that had been broken down by enemy armies over the years. And, it, and it, in chapter 6 of Nehemiah, it talks about how Sambalat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arab and the rest of their enemies, they heard that they rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it. And, and it says that Sambalat and Geshem sent me saying, it sent the, this messenger saying, Come, let us meet together among the villages and the plain of Ono. But they thought to do me harm. All right? They thought to do me harm. So he knew that he was on his assignment, what God needed to build on the earth, right? Heaven's assignment. I'm going to build this wall because that's what God called me to do. Now the enemy is trying to come and he's trying to distract me off of my assignment and to get me to think about harm that might come to me all right how many of you know that the enemy wants to bring harm to anybody who's trying to build the kingdom of god do you know why because he's scared to death of what you're about to accomplish for jesus okay he's scared to death he can, if he can get you to do anything to stop doing that thing he knows that he's got a standing chance 
But if he knows that he can't stop you no matter what, he's going to get crushed as you stay focused on the thing that God's given you to do. All right? So they're, they're, trying to, they're actually trying to deceive him. Come and let's talk outside the village, or out of the village and, and we're just going to reason together. But he knows they're actually wanting to harm him, okay? And so what's his response? I sent, I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work. Everybody say, I am doing a great work. I am doing a great work. When you are living the kingdom of God, and you're do- you don't have to repeat that. <laughs> Thank you. That's amazing. When you're doing what God has given you to do and, you're, and you're, you're, you're living that union with Jesus Christ and that you are co-laboring with Him to bring His kingdom into this earth, then you're doing a great work. Come on. Now, if you're doing your own thing that's not what He's doing, then it might be a decent work, all right? <laughs> but, but when we're doing what He's doing, I'm doing a great work. And He said, I'm doing a great work so that I cannot come down. He's saying that to people who want to kill him. These guys have it out for him. And he's like, he knows, like they have their people and they want to come and kill him. He's like, ah, I don't have time. You guys, you guys may be building up an army against me. I don't have time to worry about that I might die because of you. I don't have time to worry about if you're strategizing any way you can to get me to stop the thing that you've called me to do. All right? I don't have time because I'm doing a great work. I'm doing a great work. And I'm not going to let you come and distract me, enemy. You hear me? He said, why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? We, We don't have time, guys to get distracted off of the things that the enemy is trying to do in our midst or to try to come against you. You don't have time for it. you got greater things to do. Paul had greater things to do. He brought revival to a region. He didn't have to get... And he actually had a whole bunch of people protesting him who hated what he was doing. I don't have time. i got to preach the Word. i gotta, I got to heal the sick i got to get people delivered so they can experience the fullness of Jesus Christ. Come on. I'm not saying there's not times when you need to address the devil. Yes, if he, if he brings a resistance, take a moment and crush him. But don't put all your time on it. Because that's not, that's not the solution. That's the problem. All right? Because Nehemiah had everybody building that wall eventually with a hammer in one hand and a sword in the other. I'm going to keep working, and I'm going to keep working, and this is my mission. And I'm not going to go out there and try to find battles. I'm going to focus on this, but if the battle tries to come and stop me, I'm going to cut a head off. (laughs) And I'm getting right back to building that, that wall. You guys doing all right? I read a post by a guy named Cal Pierce recently. Um, he started the, the healing rooms in Spokane, Washington, which is an amazing ministry. They see, they probably have countless miracles that they talk about. And, and he, he came out of Bethel, but um, he, he restarted the ministry that John G. Lake did in Spokane, Washington. Cal Pierce. 
And, it's, he's, and I, that guy's laid his hands on me. And I want to tell you, it felt like a ton of bricks fell on me when he, when he prayed for me. I'm not lying. <laughs> he posted this. He said, the more you focus on your God, the smaller your Goliath gets. It's a good word. You guys know the story of David and Goliath. And 1 Samuel 17, verse 45 through 47, David said to Goliath, he said, you come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and He will give you into our hands. Everybody said the battle is the Lord's. It's not yours. It's the Lord's. All right? And I, wanna, I just want to tell you that I think that David's one of my heroes in the Bible. And da- David, his mission was not to kill enemies, okay? Even though that's what he did a lot of. His mission was not to kill enemies. His mission was to clear the path of anything that defies the mission that God was to bring his kingdom into that place. And he, the Lord actually raised him up as a warrior to, to go after the Philistines and every enemy of the Lord to clear the land. But it wasn't so he could fight enemies. It was because he was, he was crushing anything that defied the work of the Lord in the land. Hallelujah, Jesus. I'm pressing through right now. So I want, to, I want to talk to you about some problems and some solutions, all right? The problem was the Philistines were defying God and defying God's people. That was the problem, all right? The, the Philistines were blocking them from the promised land. That was the problem. And, and then another problem was that the, all the armies of the Lord, all the men in the armies were scared of an enemy that God said you will crush. That's a problem. Okay? But David didn't focus on the problem. He focused on the solution. And the solution is the name of the living God. And that the battle is the Lord's. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm trying to discern the, the climate in here right now. What's that? All is well, thank you. Okay, the solution, the, the, he, he didn't focus on the problem, which was Goliath and a bunch of people who were taunting them. David was looking past this thing that was staring him in the face. And on the other side of that, he saw great victory. And he saw that God's going to come in and he's going to smash the enemies and he's going to create a place where they can establish a people in a land that's flowing with milk and honey. That was what the solution was. That was what God sent him there for, was to pave the way, to create the way. 
for God to come in and do what he was going to do. Okay? Hallelujah. 